0: Hi, thanks for downloading the next chapter of The Butcher. I just wanted to let you know that if you want to buy the full audiobook at a discounted price, you can head over to nathanburrows.com forward slash audio. Alternatively, you can buy a full price copy at any audiobook store. The Butcher is also available on Kindle Unlimited, ebook, and print format, all via Amazon. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy the story. Chapter 15 Emily Underwood shuffled in Mr Clayton's uncomfortable visitor's chair. She was in his office, waiting for him to come back from the canteen with a cup of coffee. The offices of the Environment Agency in the centre of Norwich only had one canteen, and it was on the bottom floor. Her boss's office was on the fifth floor. She wriggled, smoothing a non-existent crease from her trousers. Today was the dark purple business suit. It was Emily's least favourite of the three. But it was also the one that made her look most professional. At least, that was what the article she'd read in Cosmopolitan promised. Purple equals power, the article had said. Emily wasn't convinced, but she figured that the writers in Cosmopolitan knew more about fashion than she did. When Mr Clayton had emailed Emily first thing to ask her to pop up to his office after lunch, she'd not thought anything of it at first. The more she thought about it throughout the morning, the more concerned she became. Why did he summon her to his office? instead of coming to see her on the shop floor. Mr Clayton was, by his own admission, a people person, who made a point of being seen in the large open plan offices. She remembered him during the interview for the post. It was only a few weeks ago, but it felt like months. He had mirrored her body language exactly from start to finish during the interview, and had been so obvious it was hysterical. Emily crossed her legs, he crossed his. She leaned forward, so did he. At one point, Emily had to fight the urge to scratch her ass just to see if he'd scratch his. By contrast, the other interviewer, who Emily later found out had been drafted in at the last minute to cover staff's sickness, caused by a rogue piece of salmon, spent most of the interview gazing out of the window. Emily looked at the thin brown file on Mr Clayton's desk. Even though it was upside down, she could see her name on the top and knew it was her personnel file. When he had left to get a coffee... Emily had seriously considered opening it and looking through the few pages inside to see what the interview was about, but decided against it. She jiggled her leg up and down, wondering if she had time now to have a peep in it or not. Just as she decided she did have time, the door behind her opened and Mr Clayton breezed in. ''Emily, so sorry to keep you,'' he said as he walked around his desk and took a seat in his plush leather chair. ''There was a horrible queue in the canteen,'' The boss was dressed in his usual dark suit and cream shirt. He wore a blue and white tie that was a source of much amusement behind his back, as they were the same colours as Norwich City Football Club's arch-rivals. Mr Clayton either didn't realise or didn't care. As he sat down, he smoothed his hair over his head. It wasn't quite a comb-over, but would be in a couple of years. Especially, Emily thought, if he kept worrying at it like that. "'That's OK, Mr Clayton.' Emily replied, a voice as sweet as she could make it without feeling sick. She watched him pick up her personnel file and open it, keeping it angled up so she couldn't see what was inside. So, thank you for coming up to see me, Mr Clayton said, with a smile that lasted for about three seconds. I just wanted to do a quick performance review, now that you've been flying solo for a couple of weeks. Emily frowned. She had a performance review already booked in for her three-month point, but that was still at least six weeks away. ''Okay,'' Emily replied, suddenly feeling unsure of herself. She tucked a strand of hair behind her ear and fidgeted again in a chair before sitting upright with her hands on her knees. ''So, how do you think you're getting on?'' Mr Clayton said, closing the file and putting it back on the desk. ''I think I'm doing quite well, all things considered.'' Emily said with a weak smile. I mean, there's been a couple of hiccups, but nothing serious. Hmm, hiccups, Mr Clayton replied, echoing Emily's words. Such as, what, do you think? Emily paused for a few seconds before replying. Well, there was the kebab van at the football. That one didn't go very well, but that wasn't my fault. Mr Clayton laughed, but again... Any sign of humour was short-lived. Yes, you could say that. I read your report and the various newspaper articles, he said, and I agree. There wasn't much you could have done about that. Mr Clayton paused for a second. How about when you visited the Cathedral Tea Rooms? How do you think that inspection went? Emily scrunched up her forehead and tried to remember what had gone wrong on that visit. But she couldn't think of much. She'd written about it in her diary, but that wasn't much help to her now. I thought that went rather well, she replied with a wan smile. Is there a problem? How many stars did you give them? Er, four, I think, Emily replied. Yes, I remember now, it was four. She tried to put as much confidence in her voice as she could. Why only four, Mr Clayton asked, picking up the file and opening it. The scones. "'Was there a problem with the scones? "'The cathedral tea rooms have always had excellent results from our inspections.' Mr Clayton looked at Emily over the file. "'Yes, there was a problem with them,' she replied. "'Way too much flour. They were disgusting. "'I tried one and my tongue got stuck to the roof of my mouth.' "'Emily,' Mr Clayton sighed, "'you can't take stars off because you don't like the scones.' "'Oh,' Emily said. "'Okay. Sorry.' It wasn't just that, though. Do you remember having an argument with the proprietor? Vaguely, Emily thought back to the inspection. She remembered having a bit of a barney with the old chap who was running the place. Yeah, now you come to mention it, we did have a few words. Mr Clayton glanced at the file before continuing. Did you call him a pompous old arsehole? he asked her. Emily looked in her lap. She had called the old fart that, and worse. So she just nodded her head in reply. Do you remember his name? Emily looked up at the ceiling. What was the man called? Something to do with a chess set. When she remembered his name, she blurted it out. Yes, it was Mr Bishop. No, Emily, not Mr Bishop. Mr Clayton put air quotes around the word Mr with his fingers. "'He is the Bishop, the Bishop of Norwich.' "'Ah,' Emily replied. "'There wasn't much she could say to that. "'Oh, dear. "'I probably shouldn't have said that, should I?' "'Mr Clayton didn't reply, but continued reading the file. "'It's not just one complaint, though, Emily. "'There's quite a few for someone so new to the department,' "'he said, looking at her. "'Mr Wong submitted a complaint.' He said you were racist towards him. "'Bollocks was I,' Emily retorted, ignoring Mr Clayton's startled expression. "'He chased me with a machete.' "'Did he?' Mr Clayton replied, leafing through the papers in the folder. "'That's not in your report, and if it's true, do you not think it's worth mentioning?' They sat in silence for a few moments, Emily seething. This wasn't fair, none of it. She took a deep breath and let it out through her nose." Emily, listen, Mr Clayton said, I like you, I really do. There's something about you which is quite captivating, Emily frowned. Not sure why I'd chosen that particular word. He wasn't about to proposition her. There'd been an article in the Eastern Daily News about workplace perverts the other day, which had advised women to report them straight away. Straight after a swift knee to the testicles, Emily had thought at the time. But this can't go on, Emily. So I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to give you a formal warning. Emily felt tears start to prick at her eyes. A formal warning? After three weeks on the job? That would mean she'd get chucked out of a three-month review unless she showed, what was it, significant sustained improvement. Something like that, if she remembered the contract right. She blinked, determined not to cry in front of this man. Try to think of it as a development opportunity, Mr Clayton said. A chance to prove yourself, OK? Emily knew full well that it was far from OK. And with the words, A chance to prove yourself, ringing in her ears, she got to her feet and fled from his office. Hi again. Nathan Burrows here. Thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder, if you're interested in buying the full audiobook, head to nathanburrows.com forward slash audio or any audiobook store.